0: And you know what? Maybe us being this way is why straight men can't be better. You know,
1: we're part of of the problem. We are part of the problem.
0: Because it's like, we all say like, why can't straight men be more open-minded? And then when they are, we're like, you're (laughs) a faggot.
1: (laughs) You will never know the context of this conversation ever Yeah, happened. yeah, just
0: leave that part in And yeah. nothing else
1: <laughs> We will never tell you, if any of you ask us what we're Talking about, we will never address no, it We will never. pretend it's you a don't secret. exist It's a secret <laughs> um, Let's start the episode Yeah, let's do it <laughs> This is an out came talk Talk, talk
0: everyone. Hi. Hi. Welcome back. It's Straight People Movies. It's Straight Movies, baby. Yeah, that's right. It is your favorite podcast where each week we, two gays, we explore movies straight people love and we ask why. Why?
1: Why? We're, why we're done. We're so done, with we're done with the
0: bit. We're done with the bit. We're d- yeah. Why am yeah, so uh, I so
1: big? I want to be big. Why am I small? Big. <sighs> <laughs> it's okay
0: because that joke is not nearly as creepy as some of the content of the film we're about to discuss
1: I know <laughs> This section is the tamest part of the, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, Yeah. well
0: anyway, I'm Kirk Van Sickle
1: <laughs> I'm Dylan Garcia,
0: And that's right, you might know because you clicked on the link and uh, we already referenced it uh, We are watching American classic Big Big Yeah, that's right, Big
1: I love the poster for this movie because it's just Tom Hanks' face yeah. And the tagline is Bit. Have you ever had a really big secret? Oh. That's what the tagline is? mm mm-hmm. Mhm. See, there's The thing I wouldn't consider this a secret though, like because you He's can't reveal it. He's not very good at hiding it. He's not good. He's not good at hiding it. And the thing is like you can't it's not like a a secret where it's like you know um you know i i accidentally killed someone on summer vacation of 19 when i was 19 Whatever, that's a secret yeah that's I mean, a don't secret don't tell anyone you can't reveal unto about, people about, that you magically transformed what into what if the adult.
0: tagline was have you ever had a really big problem
1: see that's that's a see that's the thing cuz he's looking to solve the thing yeah yeah Tagline doesn't make sense. We're going back to '88. We're gonna we're going go to his old charm machine. <laughs> Girl, we're going back to '88. We're talking to the marketing person for Big. <laughs> Your tagline doesn't make any damn sense.
0: Well, this movie doesn't make sense. This movie doesn't make any sense. And you know what? That's okay. That's what I it's love okay.
1: about these '80s movies. These fantasy esque '80s movies is you're just
0: like, huh.
1: Well, that's the whole joke of the '80s, right? Where it's like everyone was on coke the whole time, and someone was just like, "What they made a the movie where Tom Hanks was a 13 year old boy, and then became Tom Hanks." <sighs> Yeah, Relent. no, totally.
0: Like the same group of people at a party that discussed Back to the Future's plot and before that got made also did Bigs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you know it. it, it yeah, yeah, it's it's a, it's a it's literally like they they watched like a, a Bonnie Swap movie because those had already been like established. Mm-hmm. You know, just you know, give or take your Lindsay Lohan remakes, all of those ones. Okay, and mm-hmm. then they were like, "What if we made a movie?" Where instead of the swapping bodies with somebody else, they just got older.
1: Yeah, they swapped bodies with themselves. Yeah. And then here
0: we go. We got big. And you know what's weird? Well, we'll get into it. We'll get into it. Why don't we, Dylan, why don't you give the people a little background on big?
1: I sure will. So big, it's big. Uh, so in honor of the new film Mac and Rita, which uh, number one movie in the box office made $300 million this weekend. We're all talking about it. We all saw it. Uh and also, I mean, Penny Marshall's other film, uh, *A League of Their Own*, got remade into an Amazon series. So yeah. we could say it's an honor of that too. Yeah, I
0: want to watch that because I, I feel someone like everyone, on the plane. Well, people are like complaining on like what I love about Twitter is people be like, "Wow, all these homophobes hate *A League of Their Own*." And I'm like, I've not seen one person say anything homophobic about *A League of Their Own*. But yeah, I, you yes. looked up some
1: person, you looked up some keywords that you wanted to see on Twitter, bought some account with 19 followers saying they didn't like League of Their Own, and then you're like, all the homophobes in the entire world hate this. I feel like sometimes people just make things
0: up to cause problems on Twitter. They do. You're making up... I just said that sentence out loud and realized how stupid I sound. Of course that's what people are doing.
1: Oh, yeah, they're making up dudes to get mad at. I mean, honestly, yeah. Anyway, anyway. anyway. (laughs) Uh, We are discussing 1998's Big, directed by aforementioned Penny Marshall and starring Tom Hanks, Elizabeth Perkins, Jared Rushton, David Moscow, and Robert Lagia. Lagia? Lagia. Lagia. Sure. Lagia. 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 Uh, and a part of the film, if you haven't seen it before, is Josh Bassman is a boy who is, uh, wished to become a grown-up, comes true, and then he proceeds to become the only adult to ever have a good life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can currently stream it on Stars. Imagine, like, like I'm, I'm a smart and fun guy. Why can't I just, like, get a
0: random six-figure job? Because I, like... Uh, a thing like why don't why am i not the vp of marketing at criterion
1: i for real and then moved to a downtown manhattan loft oh my god i I can't help but to
0: be like his place was dope
1: yeah he had an incredible apartment like it was so good like that's
0: that's like go big or go home like either only Mm -hmm. fill your apartment with toys or or have elizabeth perkins apartment who was it Gorgeous. Also
1: a great apartment. Yes. Oh
0: my God. The aqua blue, bitch. Mm, I oh would my God. Like in one of the plants. Unchanged. Her mm. color palette was like aquamarine and like rose pink. It was gorgeous. It was
1: gorgeous. Oh, with the Melissa green. Lizzie Perkins is a lady of taste. She smokes oh. cigarettes with gloves on. We're going to get to it. Yeah. Oof. Uh, anyway.
0: <laughs> what did we think uh, of Big? What do we think of Big? I'm assuming we both had seen it previously. This is actually my first time. Wow. You know, Dylan. Yeah. I've noticed a trend with you, yes, and a lot of these like <laughs> a, a, what i would consider like staple like v h s collection movies. You haven't seen, but your mom has taste, so it's mom also has like, tastes.
1: yeah, you know. okay. So I, the the secret of this podcast um is actually uh, so I could watch these movies <laughs> was, without was feeling weird about it. Yeah, that was like, okay, I can't just like, it's very uh, my. This is my rehearsal. This is my the rehearsal. I can't do a normal thing. I have to go about it through, like a weird, convoluted way. Oh my god, bitch! Next episode, we need to just talk about the <laughs> rehearsal for the for for the cold open. I fucking. I'm obsessed with the rehearsal. Oh, I think it's
0: amazing. I it's... think the rehearsal is like one of the best television shows so far that's ever existed. I still haven't seen the new episode yet.
1: Oh, it's not as good as the other one. The other
0: it's... one was like, girl, the one with the teenage boy, like was like, <laughs> it was amazing.
1: It was it's amazing. Incredible. When he
0: said, what, what did he fucking say? He said, you're a fucking
1: walking disaster, my guy, or something
0: like that. <laughs> I literally lost it.
1: It's, I had to watch that show through my shirt, through a pillow, through my arms, through... <laughs> like, I'm barely hearing it. It's like mirrors. I'm watching it's performance
0: it art. It's basically Marina Abramovic.
1: Yeah, it's genius shit. I love it. I, I'm i so sad it ends next week. And That's so crazy.
0: But also, like, on. I guess it couldn't have gone on forever.
1: <laughs> no, they can't. It costs a billion dollars an episode. Uh, but speaking of costing a billion dollars an episode, I don't know. Big. Big is was, big was incredible. Big rules.
0: I, um... I wouldn't go as far as to say it's incredible, but I definitely, compared to some of these other rewatches I've done for the podcast, I really enjoyed this one a lot yeah. more than some of the other ones. Like, I'm
1: going to rate this higher than seven,
0: if that says anything yeah. about me.
1: There's so many scenes in this movie where I was just like... What I like about this movie a lot is that it takes a lot of times to just kind of, like, breathe. Yeah. Like... I mean, the really famous F.A.O. Schwartz piano scene. Amazing. Like, inc- it's it's I, so good. I teared up during it.
0: Yeah. Not just because it's
1: like a beautiful,
0: nostalgic movie moment that like, even if you hadn't seen it before, you're familiar with the scene because it's like used a lot in like montages of a hundred years mm-hmm. of cinema, you know? <laughs> but like the scene is so simple, but mm-hmm. executed perfectly. Like Penny. She knew. Yes gorgeous yes. such one of my favorite earnest scenes in a film probably ever it's mm-hmm. brilliant
1: it's so it's just timeless it's both the characters in the scene get something out of it and you can tell they they both feel joy he he feels joy because he finally gets to be like a kid again he feels the tom hanks feels joy because he like gets to be normal and like play yeah in his weird adult body and yeah, it's it, just such a beautiful scene it's
0: a it's crazy how much of this movie works um because because so much of it is dated and weird and, like, uncomfy.
1: Mm-hmm. We'll, we'll
0: get into it. It's not like no one has ever said this before about the movie. Yeah. Um, but it, I think what really makes the film work and why I liked it so much is because Tom Hanks is truly incredible in it. And honestly, this might be his best performance ever.
1: Mm-hmm. It's so cool he got an Oscar nomination.
0: I love that he was nominated mm-hmm. for this. What it a cool rolls. nomination.
1: It Yeah, we don't do shit like that anymore. We do not. Like it would be like if like Channing Tatum got nominated for 21 Jump Street or something. Yeah,
0: it really is. Here, let me see that year. You said he lost to? Did he lose to Dustin Hoffman? Yeah. Okay, that's that's fine. I guess. I mean, I've seen Rain Man. I mean, now if we were talking about like dated '80s movies that feel uncomfortable to watch now, like Rain Man is definitely up there. Yeah. Um, This definitely has much more rewatchability factor. I think. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's no on the Wikipedia page. There's no, like, here, I need to, I want to go to the Academy Awards for that year.
1: Yeah, I Usually got it. pulled up.
0: It, yeah, yeah, just tell me.
1: You get it. So, yeah, Dustin Hoffman wins for Rain Man. You got Gene Hackman for Mississippi Burning. Uh, Tom Hanks for Big. Uh, Eddie Jimmy almost for Standard and Deliver, which is another iconic performance. And Max von Saito for Paleo the Conqueror interesting lineup of yeah. men there. Wow. I know. Wow. I would say there's three iconic roles in it. Yeah. And then...
0: It's pretty... I like I like that we somehow end up always landing on Oscar years that feel very momentous. Yeah, But it's always for a nomination for a movie that we're like, oh, wow, that was in with this crop of movies. Interesting. Yeah. Um, it's, wild.
1: it's crazy that uh, Rain Man was the highest grossing movie of that year.
0: Well it goes back to the same conversation we keep going back to and I love that these movies keep kind of letting us get back to this conversation because I think it's interesting is that mm-hmm. people just wanted to go see people wanted to see movies with like great performances and great acting and great yeah. um, stories like, like people wanted to go see movies like that in the 20th century and I feel like that has just gone away so much and now Prestige movies are only seen by like a select audience, and then everyone else just goes yeah. sees Minions, Rise of Gru. Which is, I'm I'm not <laughs> clowning. I'm just saying that that's kind of like where we're at. I think there is
1: kind of like a silver lining there because this year we had like the kind of big success of Everything Everywhere All at Once. But I feel like we get one success like that a year, like Parasite, mm-hmm. like that year,
0: and then I feel like people went and saw like The Shape of Water. Yeah, but it's like it's only it's like one movie. Yeah. It's like one interesting well-made movies. movie gets big yep. every year, but then it's like forgotten sort of like, I don't feel like people mm-hmm. are like, it's just the internet. I think it's just like, people just don't gag the way they, it's like the, the movie community keeps gagging, but like the rest of the world doesn't care.
1: I was on, um I was on the Red Scared subreddit, uh, my favorite place on the internet. <laughs> and someone was talking about like what happened to comedy. And it's like, well, like, it's hard to make comedies now because like so much of like TikTok is comedy and they get the joke across in 10 seconds. Right. Whereas like a comedy now has like hold your attention for, or has to hold your attention for an hour and a half. And it's like the attention span we have for comedy is so different now. Totally. So that's why the comedy is dying.
0: Yeah. 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 I, I think that's why a lot of people, uh, you know, my boyfriend, who doesn't even really like, like, long-form comedy that much, like, we're really getting into, like, like the rehearsal, which you could barely even call a comedy at this point. Mm-hmm. But, like, the rehearsal, you know, Kate and John, um, all these, like, new—like, even Barbara and Star, like, it's just, like, I feel like a mm-hmm. lot of the comedy that's holding my attention now is, like, really pushing the envelope almost fully into, like, avant-garde anti-humor. Yeah. <laughs> because the only way you can do avant-garde anti-humor—well, no— Angel Mommy is able to do it on Twitter. Oh, my God. I, I was going to say that you can't – I was like, you can't do that in short form, and then I literally just ate my own words, and I know Angel Mommy does short-form avant-garde comedy.
1: Angel um, Mommy is – if David Lynch were to still make things, it would be Angel Mommy. No, Angel like if,
0: Mommy is, like, truly a genius. I like She's
1: a genius. I adore
0: her. She's, like, an actual, like – I bet Tim and Eric, like, hate her because she is what they want to be. Like, they're trying to be, but she just is that.
1: Yeah, it's like that. What's that tweet that's like whenever, like, what, like, Jared Trump or whatever, like, tweeted some, like, secret out or whatever, and there was that reporter who was like, I've been reporting this story for two years, and he just tweeted it out. Like, that's kind of Angel Mommy. Yeah.
0: (laughs) It is Angel Mommy. And she's brilliant. I, like, watched one of her videos the other day, and I truly was like, wow, I'm gooped gagged. I got, like,. This is, like, art. This is art. It's art. It's outsider it's art. It's art. She's the Shags of the 21st century. Yes. On. <laughs> um, that was
1: my number one complaint about Coda, is that they have a copy of the original Shags album on vinyl, but they're, like, they're so poor. And it's like, mama, sell your copy of the Shags album. My least You'll favorite thing. You'll get, like, $15,000. Okay, so you
0: brought it up. We're going to get back to big in a moment, everybody. <laughs> um, I am getting so sick and tired Of movies and television shows, mostly TV, where they have teenage characters living in small-ass towns in the middle of nowhere, and they have, like, the most, like, prestigious taste in things. I understand that if it's said in the modern day, like, yes, we have the internet and this and that, blah, 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 blah. But even then, I was such an internet bitch in my teen years. Mm. I, you know, listened to some esoteric things, watched a couple of esoteric movies, but for the most part— Like, girl, I did not know who fucking Ingmar Bergman was when I was 16 years old. I didn't give a fuck. And I'm so tired of watching like things like Pretty Little Liars, which I'm watching, which is really fun. But like, there's a character on it who like references like, yeah, like these like prestigious and I'm like, nobody. No, no. I'm sorry. 16 year olds don't listen to PJ Harvey. I'm sorry. Like, I just like, that's really cool when they do. I'm sure there are a few, but it's like not every single, I just, I'm tired of the trope. I'm tired of the trope. I think it's it's cringy.
1: It's the thing in A Fish Called Wanda where Jamie Lee Curtis and Chris Klein are arguing, and he's like, gorillas are stupid. I read Nietzsche. And she's she's like, gorillas can read Nietzsche, too. They just don't understand it. Yeah. And it's like, the kid's like, yeah, sure, they can watch, you know, Antonioni or something. They're not going to understand it because they don't have – that, that can't be your first thing. Totally. I, like – it...
0: I'm going to make myself sound like a a Philistine, but like I graduated from film school and I try to watch Antonioni and I'm like, this shit is boring as fuck to me. Like, I feel like I need like a full essay and I need a a professor to guide me through his work. Cause Mm -hmm. I'm literally like, I, I don't get it like I don't get it I was like it's pretty I could like put it on mute and enjoy it like but I yeah, like, put
1: it on in the background for a party but I, watched,
0: mama, I watched La Aventura I literally was like mama I'm about to fall asleep like
1: <laughs> bitch I don't,
0: know where, I don't know where your friend is
1: I don't know where your friend went why are we still looking for your friend why are we on this La Aventura why are we on this La Aventura bitch
0: um, but anyway so sorry everyone sorry I know I'm an idiot and I don't like Antonioni or whatever but anyway it just but I, I, I just get so tired how do we get on this topic anyway we were talking about kind of Red Scare, the rehearsal. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, bitch. But it's just like I, – I just think it's so weird. It's like it's it's these writers retroactively basically writing themselves into their TV shows and being like, I was a kid who, who really liked watching Kurosawa
1: when I was 15. It's like, no, you weren't. You just wish you, you were that kid. You wish you were. Yep. I think that's what – let's get back anyway it. I think that's what makes Big so good is that like the kids this movie feel like kids. Yes.
0: And that's what I miss about like these 80s movies. Like – Maybe that's what I was getting at is, like, it's so hard for me to watch movies about, like, teenagers and even, like, tweens these days because it all just feels so put upon. While I feel like Big weirdly captures, like, being a kid in a really real universal way that even to Mm -hmm. this day you can, like, relate to, like, his character. Because you're like, oh, I was like that when I was 12 in my own way. Yeah. Whatever. Like, Like, I didn't care about arcade games, but, like, I cared about, like, the Spice Girls. Like, same thing.
1: Yeah, same thing. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I think a lot of, like, especially, like, in the beginning of him becoming big like there's a lot of like scariness in this movie like this movie is very scary at times like whenever he goes home and can like confronts his mom that's that, that part is, like, is scary
0: i think it's, that's it's the weird. i think that's the thing that you that was weird for me as someone that watched it as a child is that mm-hmm. like obviously you're a lot like josh's character when you're watching it when you're his age so you're like oh yeah, yeah like whatever like why won't his mom believe him you know like you're mm-hmm. not getting this context that's very there for the adults like, I, I, I kind of remember watching this with my mom and being like, why doesn't she believe him? I mean, he, like, says that it's him. And, you know, I'm, like, willing to, like, suspend that disbelief, obviously. Um, mm-hmm. And then watching it now, I'm like, oh, yeah, yikes. Like, they're really making comedy out of, like, the fact that she thinks this man, like, kidnapped her son. Like, that's pretty fucked up.
1: Yeah. <laughs> you know? Communicating with them is, like, oh, like, through these kidnapped letters. Like, that's there's so much, like, sadness and, like, darkness there. It's so dark. It's so bleak that the first night of the hotel is so scary.
0: It is, but it's done in a way that feels like still like you're like watching an episode of Sesame street or something where it's like, mm-hmm. because the movies from his point of view, it's like, these are scary, but scary in the way that a 12 year old is scared of the world. Mm-hmm. And only you as an adult can like fill in the blanks of like, Oh shit. Like he's like, he could get <laughs> shot and die. Like that's really scary. <laughs> yeah. But to him, he's just like, mom, like, where are you? <laughs>
1: oh. <laughs> Tom Hanks rules in this. Yeah, he's like, great. Did, have we ever talked about Tom Hanks in this podcast? Yeah, floor? Forrest Gump. Forrest Gump. Yeah. Oh, that was like episode like 4 or something. Yeah, yeah, it's been a minute. It's been a minute. We can yeah. we can talk about him again. Let's we'll talk about him again. I I think he's just he rules. Tom he's great. great. You know this was
0: his like breakthrough performance.
1: Yeah. That's so cool. That's, that's it is so it's it rules that like cuz he did like TV and I remember he was on a, a good episode of uh Love Boat. Oh yeah, I've never, I've never really gotten into
0: watching like old, old television.
1: That was his. I think that was his first role. He was, he was an actor. He was like a cameo, in a little thing. But yeah, he was like on episode of Love Boat uh, that I, I watched recently. I got, <laughs> I got into Love Boat for like two days. Oh yeah, that's kind of cute. Think? Yeah, Love I
0: feel Love like that'd fun. be like a nice thing to like get stoned and watch.
1: Oh, it's so great to get high and watch Love Boat. Yeah, and because the episode, everyone you can tell is drunk the entire time. Yeah. It's kind
0: of like uh, when you're watching Popeye and you can, like, smell the cocaine. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it's cool that he – and then he just has a pretty incredible run after this. It's like The Burp, Turner and Hooch, Show vs. Volcano, League of the Rome, Bombire of the Vanity, Sleepless in Seattle, Philadelphia, Forrest Gump, Paul 13, That Thing You Do, Toy Story, Same Favorite Ryan, You Got Me Out, Toy Story 2, The Green Mile, Castaway, My Big Fat Great Wedding, He was just a producer on that, but Road a prediction, Catch Me If You Can, The Lady Killers is his first flop. <laughs> Yeah, you know, he really is, and I know we've talked a lot about, like,
0: recently, like, the death of the celebrity and of the movie star. Tom Hanks is the last male America sweetheart. Like, I don't mm-hmm. think any, I don't, I think when he dies, you know, it's which gone. will be a very sad day, because we love, yeah. we all, it, he's so likable that even though he birthed Chet Hanks, we still yeah. are like, but Tom Hanks is the best, you know?
1: Mm-hmm. It's like,
0: clearly not, because you wouldn't have a son like that. No. <laughs> if there was something <laughs> wrong with you a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, he... And I, he's like Jimmy Stewart in that way. I think that's the only person yeah. I could compare him to. It's like he's yeah. got that Jimmy Stewart level of like relatability. And I don't. I feel like it's like him and Jimmy, and that that's like it for, of it's all of cinema. Like, yeah, because most male leads are like they're brooding or they're hot or you know. And Tom Hanks is just like a regular Joe that's really charismatic. I think he's
1: cute and big. no, he's attractive. He's, he's 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 cute and. Big. But what I'm but saying yeah, he is like he's like yeah like you're cool. He's not like your friend's cool dad. He's like your friend's dad that's nice to you. He's like almost like like Tom Hanks can play like
0: a role that like George Clooney or Brad Pitt could play in like say Ocean's Eleven. Like Tom Hanks is always gonna. That's why it's always fun when he does play against type because most of the time he just plays really relatable.
1: Well, have you seen Elvis yet?
0: Well, no, I heard that people are being too hard on his performance in
1: that. Like yes. it's not like House of Gucci level of no. craziness, right? He's he's the only person like meeting the movie at Baz Luhrmann's level. Mm. Like Austin Butler is very good in it. He's like giving an actually like capital A at Capital G actually good performance. But like Tom Hanks is like in a Baz Luhrmann movie, if that makes sense. Yeah, like he gets the tone. Yeah, he gets the tone, exactly. And it's psychotic and he's very good in it. And yeah, that's I so would interesting. Not be surprised if you
0: yeah, Oscar. I, I, I truly think the backlash literally is just like I sometimes really do think that Twitter just really hates Chet Hanks enough that they were just like ready for Tom Hanks <laughs> to be bad in some things. They could be like, say, but it's like he's one
1: of our great actors, like period, he's, like period, yeah.
0: period, like done, like sorry. Yeah,
1: it's he's just he's one of those people that just like I'm trying to think of an artist who continually, but he's like he's like low <laughs> of like a like a musician has been making music good like they're like David Bowie or something That's he's, like he's Yola Tango he is Yola Tango yes, <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, just someone that just makes solid he's Spoon he's Spoon uh, he's Yola Tango he's uh who else makes solid has just made solid music forever I mean PJ Harvey, par- PJ Harvey never Parquet Quartz you know parquet, just like yeah, parquet just
0: doing the, the same thing and it's good every
1: time you know and even whenever he does get weird it's like fun it's like fun weird
0: Yeah, I love it. I love Tom Hanks, and he seems like – he does seem like a really good guy, which I think is why America loves him so much. Yeah, he's a nice dude. You know? And I think it really does have a lot to do with the fact that it's this movie. I mean, this was his biggest introduction to the world was this. Mm -hmm. So I feel like everyone's always going to kind of see him as this character, which is great because not only is it a great comedic performance, but it's probably like – Other than, like, Pin 15, like, I can't really think of, like, another great performance by an adult that's, like, playing, like, a child. Like, Mm -hmm. so good. Well, uh, Orphan First Kill, maybe Miss Isabel Furman could get added to the list.
1: (laughs) I read a review that said it was, like, this close away from being camp. Well, I... Man.
0: uh, Jesus was telling me that, like, people are saying that, like, the movie no. He said that some reviews are saying, like, the movie knows that people had low expectations, so they really did camp it up a lot and make it a lot of fun. And I'm like... What movie, what more of an insane sequel that no one ever needed, like, <laughs> to be made, like, the nor- like it's, like, The orphan, Like, it's, like, it was, like, a mild hit in 2009,
1: and then everyone forgot about it. Like, I love it. like It's perfect. Yeah, we, nobody remembers the movie, they just remember The Twist. It's a yeah. twist-only movie. That's all
0: I remember, and I remember Vera.
1: Yeah, Miss Vera. Ugh. Is Vera one of our underrated, like, adult But I mean adult, like, in her 30s, scream queens. Yeah, I think that Vera is just underrated in general. Like, I think she's going to have a Laura
0: Linney-type career where it's like, you know, Laura came, you know, did some bit roles, got nominated for You Can Count On Me, has been, like, working consistently since then, like, is finally winning Emmys. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, Mm -hmm. I feel like Vera is going to have a similar path. It's like she, you know, came out, nominated for an Oscar, up in the air, worked worked consistently,
1: and then she's just going to, like, win a bunch of TV awards one day. Yeah, I mean, she was nominated for an Emmy for Bates Motel, a, mo- a show that only my sister watched, and I just, I just want her to. She's in an Apple TV show now. She was on Hawkeye. She was in the Sopranos prequel. Yeah, she, she, she's be, she be working. She be working. She be working.
0: She really do, and I, um, and she deserves more. She really does. She's great. She does.
1: I love her. I love her. She's you so good her. in The
0: Departed. Oh my God. Oh yeah, incredible. I don't like really like that movie. Sorry, Street Boys, but um mm-hmm. I like really remember Vera for me in it. <laughs> She's great. <laughs> so good. I love I love a Scorsese. Female performance, like I feel yeah. like they're they always like out. In my opinion, they always end up outshining the ma- male actors.
1: <laughs> Even Anna Paquin's like literal five words and uh, oh, the she's so
0: good in The Irishman. It's crazy <laughs> how good she is when she's like literally just like standing there the whole time. Um, it's incredible. Or like Lor- Lorraine um Bracco, is that how you say Lauren her name? Bracco, yeah. Yes, like to me, best performance in Goodfellas.
1: Also, a very good Top Chef judge. Oh, is she? Oh yeah, she was a very good Top Chef judge.
0: Oh, and Kathy Moriarty and um Mor- Moriarty or Moriarty or whatever in um mm-hmm. Raging Bull, great performance. Jodie Taxi Driver. I mean,
1: honestly, pitch that essay. Uh,
0: pitch that uh, MCU version. I want to see a Scorsese women of Scorsese. Like mm-hmm. I want to see that universe. I want to get them all together in one movie. I want to Avengers that video essay, Scorsese get your, women get
1: famous on YouTube. Get on film YouTube. Yeah, there you go. There she is. Where we're all thirty-year-old gay men go to die. <laughs> um,
0: so I, I think you know I see in the uh, rundown here. Um, I think that you, yeah, soft sci-fi. I think that this is a cool topic. Uh yeah. soft sci-fi, soft fantasy,
1: kind of. Yeah, I like a soft fantasy where it's just like a movie where there is some sort of like extra element, but it's like not the main focus. Yeah,
0: it's interesting. I feel like the, the heyday of a soft fantasy or sci-fi movie. Was the late 80s or early 90s because and I, I kind of wonder, I guess, like, Back to the Future, probably, I would assume, kind of got that going, that whole thing going. But, yeah. like, the 90s, you know, these forgotten classics like Angels in the Outfield.
1: Yes. Remember that one?
0: Mm-hmm. L- little baby Joseph Gordon. I know. Um, and those
1: Angels in the Infield, but straight to DVD sequel. Yeah,
0: and there you have it. And then, like, you <laughs> the Indian in the Cupboard and, like, all these, like, movies where it's, like... Uh, kids, kids, adult uh, movie like it, it, it's like it could go either way. It's like it, they're interesting. They're like mm-hmm. PG rated movies that are really meant to be watched like as a family sort of. They yeah. don't make them like that anymore, do yeah,
1: they? Yeah, they don't make the Wonderful World of Disney shit that you would watch at ABC on a eight PM on a Sunday night. Right.
0: It's like the kind of stuff that's like it's like titillating enough for an adult to watch, but like kids can enjoy it too. Yeah, it's, I think it got relegated to, like, Disney Channel original movies. Maybe. Maybe that's what it was. Because I feel like the last big movie that I remember seeing that, like, I feel like had that vibe was Like Mike. Like, Like Mike
1: mm-hmm. was
0: the last, like, kind of, like, fantasy-adjacent kids movie that I remember seeing. And then I feel like after that, it just became full fantasy. It's, like, yeah. Spy
1: Kids, Agent Cody Banks. Sky High. Sky High. It got it went into full fantasy, full sci-fi. Yeah. And then, I mean, because this thing, you can't really like, if you make like a soft sci-fi now, it's like compared to a superhero movie. And it's like, well, okay, well, you're not going far enough.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's inter- I think Marvel really, again, another thing that Marvel's ruined uh, in the world, uh, <laughs> is the, the these kinds of like kids, but not kids movies that are like set in reality. Like the Santa Claus is another big one that I loved as a kid.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like it's got the fantasy element, but it exists in a world where like, Santa's not real, but he is. Mm-hmm. Big is like, <laughs> magic's not real, but it is, you know? And I think that that's yeah. a really cool way to tell a story is that this thing actually happened, but nobody believes him. Even Elf actually yeah. kind of does that too, a little bit,
1: you know? Yeah, because like, I'm, yeah, even like, I mean, we I've talked about, I was going to say, we've talked about it, literally only me, I've talked about it, but that movie, talking about Christmas movies, because I think like Christmas.
0: Christmas is where it's you a lot. You have to
1: have. Yeah. But even, like, I'm trying to think of the last Christmas movie, like, The Nutcracker and the Four Realms, maybe the only I like. Uh, that movie is, like, hard fantasy. Right. And it's like, yeah, why can't... They, or, or the only other Christmas movies they are are, like, Four Christmases or, like, a, adult Christmases where it's just, like, nothing really happens. Yeah, it's like Four Christmases would have been more adults. cool if there was a magical element to it.
0: Because I feel like... Yes. You, when you watch a Christmas movie or when you want to watch a, a real, an actually good schmaltz film, like, big... It's mm-hmm. like you have to be earnest enough to go for that magic, I think, yeah. and make us fall in love with it. And that's why this movie works, I think, is because it really, and I, I got kind of cheesy with my boyfriend. I was like, you know, despite its flaws, and we'll, we'll get into that in a second, because I do want to talk mm-hmm. about it. But at the end of the day, what Big is trying to teach the audience is very simple. It's that we lose something in adulthood that we have as children that actually could be effective for us, which is like having a mm-hmm. sense of whimsy. Uh, a sense of play, Mm -hmm. being kind to others um, and not taking life so seriously. And I feel like when I watched this movie as an adult, I was like, wow, like I feel like I'm getting something out of watching big. (laughs) Like I really am. (laughs) Like I'm like, yeah, like we we should all have like a, a kid at heart type energy to us. And I feel like so many movies in this era really pushed that agenda, which I think is so fascinating. Yeah. Because it's like, this is the era of Reagan. This is the era of yuppies, um, which they make fun of in this movie. Like, a lot yeah. of 80s movies do that. And mm-hmm. I do feel like, I kind of want to read more about it, but I wonder if it was liberal Hollywood's way of being kind of, like, anti, like, what was going on in the world Probably. at that moment. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, guys, come on. We need to, like, maybe we need to all go back to traditional values in the sense of, like, traditional values that we should all be good people. You know? Well,
1: I think it's the thing It's like, everyone talks about kind of the 80s, 50s, and, like, this is just kind of an extension of that where it's, like, it may not be, like, a representation, like, an actual, like, Grease or Happy Days, but it's, like, the representation of the values of the 50s. Yeah. Yeah, like, that kind of, like, the fantasy element of the
0: 50s that we all want to think existed, but probably really didn't. But that, yeah. I think it's, it's actually the films of the fifties probably really is what it is. That there was a sense mm-hmm. of like eagerness. It's a wonderful life is about like, you know, seeing what was really important in life. Right. I feel like it's like all a bunch of movies in the eighties and nineties that were kind of bringing back that sort of vibe mm-hmm. of like, guys, what's really important is your family. It's, it's love. It's caring about others. It's caring for children. Like, you know, mm-hmm. so many movies like that we talked about with Jerry Maguire oh. too, you know? Yeah. It's like it, it really. It was like a mid eighties to like mid nineties. It was a long line of movies like that, and I think that's and then so. Pulp Fiction
1: came along, came yeah, along yeah, and made it, everything ironic and stupid again. Yeah,
0: yeah, and, and and it was the death of optimism. And I can't really mm-hmm. think of like other than Paddington Two, which is I think why people love Paddington Two so much. Other than yeah. Paddington Two, what is the great optimist film of the last twenty years? Like,
1: it has to be like
0: everything's so cynical. Actually, what? it's Seven's fault. You know what? <laughs> I got to put more nails in that coffin. That's Seven's fault. Seven brought. David Venture, you know what you did, bitch. You know what you did, Venture. You made everyone I'm- fucking cynical.
1: That's <laughs> I, I, kind of what I like about Marcel Lachelle with shoes on, Is that it's mm. that's a very optimistic movie, but it's so small. Oh, It is it is as big as Marcel the shoes. That's so cute. Her, I need to go himself. see that.
0: I thought the trailer was really cute for that. It's a I cute it's a
1: cute little movie, but it's like where Paddington kind of feels like so big in the world but like still so like approachable. Marcel is like teensy tiny. It's tinsy. like it's in a living room. It's it's a little, bee, it little living
0: So cute. Right, yeah, I and maybe that's we'll start seeing that more, hopefully. Because yeah. as much as like I want to watch like an esoteric or erudite movie it's like at the end of the day like big won me over like it's like i can try yeah. to be all like i only i only watch japanese art films but at the end of the day like it's hard to deny big's power yeah. it really is it's good yeah. <laughs> it's a I good mean, movie this a, it's a it's
1: a big it's a big piece of pizza with some the milkshake and it's much of just kid junk food. That's kind of how it feels. But, like, it's, like, it, it feels like a sleepover, this movie feels like. It
0: does. It, it's, like, you know what was a really good movie um, that make, makes me feel like it's giving me a warm hug? Little Women. Greta
1: Gerwig's Little Women. Oh, my God. <laughs> I know. I never sobbed on my couch during Big, though.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, Little Women's a little bit more adult. Um he is.
1: Oh, my God. But, but it's got that same
0: quality. It's the same
1: earnestness. Of, and, like...
0: Yeah, like everything can work out, but like with Little Women, it's more like bad things happen too. Yeah.
1: While Big's like nothing you know bad it?
0: happens. The worst thing that happens in this movie is that a woman has sex with a twelve year old.
1: Yep. Let's get into that. So, girl, Elizabeth Perkins has the thankless role in this film. I I know, and she's so good in it. She's so good in it. It's but, such man. a shame.
0: Honestly, I I just have to say this. I'm sorry. I had to look away during the scene. I found it deeply, oh. deeply, deeply unsettling and uncomfortable to watch. It's the
1: it's I didn't watch it. It's I disgusting. Like I hate yeah. it.
0: It's way at least with the Back to the Future thing, which is another reference point I think for this sort of kind of energy, at least it's it's made into like a kind of a screwball comedy thing. Mm-hmm. With this, it's so it takes it so seriously. Mm-hmm. it's gross. It's really gross. The music, the scene itself, it's disgusting. I yeah. hate it. I think Penny Marshall, like, I know she's dead and I shouldn't speak ill of the dead, but like Penny, <laughs> mama, why didn't we cut that out of the movie? Was that For really real?
1: necessary? Straight. Is Penny Marshall dead? Yeah. Yeah, she is. Yeah. Oh, yeah, she's in 2018. Oh, yeah. Oh, um, But that. it's just like,
0: I just don't understand it really, to me, what it reads as is like, oh, 13-year-old boys have sex. So it's mm-hmm. not that. It's almost like they made him 13 on purpose because they're like, well, any younger and then it would be really weird. Yeah, 12 is weird.
1: 13 is normal. 13. <laughs> like,
0: And I think it just goes back into like, you know, I hate to sound like I'm like writing a mental health awareness thing on Twitter. But at the same time, to me, it's like it just keeps perpetuating this idea that like. 13-year-old boys are, like, ready for that sort of thing. And I feel like there's still, like, in our culture that sense of, Mm -hmm. like, well, boys will be boys, and, you know, boys can have experiences like that, and it's not going to be traumatizing for them like it would be for a girl. And it's like, no, I disagree with that. It's
1: still incredibly traumatizing, yeah. It's fucked
0: up. And I think that the way
1: the movie handles it is bizarre. I just, like,
0: what? Like,
1: yeah, it, like, portrays it as kind of, like, I mean, like, it is, like, a loss of innocence, but also, like, that's whenever he, like, becomes an adult and, like, starts talking about, like, adult thing. and like and going to adult meetings work. and stuff and going to meetings and like, I can't talk to you. Can you, can this wait for lunch? And it's like, it's weird. I think it's, it's the way the
0: scene is acted. That really, really makes me uncomfortable. It's real like, it's like the first time he's like touching a boob and they really like play into that. And like, yeah. And I, I didn't watch it. This is literally from memory. Like I, like that's how much mm-hmm. that affected me. Like, I even think seeing that at, like, that age, like, that, like, it, like, it didn't, like, traumatize me. I don't want to be dramatic or anything, but it's, like, it rubbed me the wrong way. It stuck way out to and me. I, and it stuck out to me, and I remember it. Yeah. You know? It's weird. It's very weird, and I feel like Elizabeth Perkins, like, it just shows how good her performance is because she makes everything else that happens after that work somehow. Mm-hmm. Even, like, him, her realizing that he actually is a child, and, like, although the joke about, like, 10 years, I'm like, ugh. Yeah, no, don't like that. <laughs> nope, hate it, hate it, hate it, hate it. And then he like turns around. And he's like David Byrne, and stop making sense. <laughs> and it's just like when he's a kid again. And I'm like, oh my god. Anyway, girl, it is like not okay. I'm sorry. Like yeah. it's truly like I can't believe they got away with that. And like no one had a problem with it.
1: I mean, yeah, it's like the eight, It's like the same thing. With, like, like I don't know. I've never actually seen it. And the, but the first time it comes to me, it's like sex. It's like a sex comedy. Like 80s sex comedies were so big. And I think it was just the same idea. As, like, a Porky's or something. Yeah, well, yeah, because, like, in things
0: like Porky's or, like, uh, Revenge of the Nerds, like, there's so many uncomfortable scenes in that um, that are similar in quality where it's, like, oh, like, having sex with, like, a child is, like, okay. It can be a punchline if you, like, don't know that they're a child. Like, that's what Big does, too. It's, like, she doesn't know, so it's not weird. But it's, like, but we know. Like, why are you assaulting us with this? Like, that's so And, yeah, I, like... (laughs)
1: <laughs> I don't want this to be, like, cut out of, like, for, like, context ever, but, like, if I found out that the person that I was sleeping with was actually, like, secretly a 13-year-old boy or whatever, I would like, throw up. I literally I said, said to that Jesus, I, would, I was like, myself. if I
0: found, I literally said that. I said, if I found out that I had sex with somebody who was a child stuck in a man's body, I would literally kill myself. I would feel yeah. so ashamed and so disgusted by what I did. Yes. Even <laughs> if I didn't know. Like, that's like, he was like, but you wouldn't have known. And I was like, I don't care. Like, I I just, it's so disgusting to me. And I feel like the movie handles it like it's like, it's funny. Yeah.
1: And then uh, she, when she, like, believes them, she's like, oh, I guess I'll go run after him now. And it's like, no, you're running after, like, a child. And then she's like, I'm going to take
0: you home. And, like,
1: and she goes, well, that makes sense.
0: I'm like, yeah, Yeah. what the fuck is wrong? Because, I mean, again, power of performance. Like, Tom Hanks makes it work. Like you can Mm -hmm. see why she falls in love with him. But at the end of the day, it's like you went to this guy's apartment. It's covered in fucking toys and he sleeps in a bunk bed. Yes. And you weren't like at least like this guy is fucking weird. Yes. Like like, there might be something up with this person. Like maybe I shouldn't have sex with him.
1: I mean, even though he's, like, you watch him in a meeting and it's like, oh, he's, like, playing with toys instead of playing. It's like he's obviously – there's some – yeah, there's something different about him. Let's just say different. There's something different. different. And I feel like
0: it's a cool – again, they make it work because the character is kind of, like, uptight and she needs, like, a man in her life that, like, gives her a sense of, like, whimsy and joy again. So that works for me. But it's, like, at the end of the day, though, like, yeah, like, y'all are, like, eating milkshakes and, like – He, like, spits out, like, fucking, like, caviar. Like, it's, like, all very, like, really? You're going to, like... Like, it's, like, I might be, like... I might be, like, think that the guy is interesting and, like, probably, like, talk to him if I met this character in real life. But I definitely wouldn't Mm -hmm. be, like, let's pursue a romantic intersexual relationship with this guy who just puked out, like, caviar at a party I was just at.
1: And has a a full-size trampoline in his downtown loft. That's that's the only
0: thing that he did where I'd be, like like I would think that was romantic. <laughs> like I remember thinking during that scene I was like that's kind of
1: cute. Like it's like come on just <laughs> it was jump. Very cute.
0: Like you know it's like fun, yeah. you know? And yeah. again, like the whole movie's about reminding yourself to have fun again and um yeah. But yeah, I hate that whole storyline. It's awful. It sucks. Um, like it's truly like probably the most like the movie that I want to hate. Like I want to hate it so badly cuz it's so unsettling, but it's like but it's such a cute it's movie. It's big. It works. It's big.
1: Uh why do straight people love this movie? I think uh, it's a movie about boys in the '80s. Mm-hmm. Boys really ran that shit. They
0: really did. There's so many great movies about boys from the '80s. You know, we talked about doing the Goonies. Where I think we're gonna try to put that one off as much as possible. Yep. Um, yeah, but like, be the know, last episode of the podcast, you got your Goonies, you got your Lost Boys. It was a great era to be a kid actor. Well, no, let me. I just let me take that back.
1: Yeah, no, it was actually very back. <laughs> uh,
0: well, there was a lot of jobs to book. Let's just there say we that go. there was say... a lot of jobs to book as a child actor. <laughs> I've been the having 80s. a good time. You weren't a having day. a good time though. <laughs>
1: no, but you were working. Yeah, you were working.
0: Oh, God, but yeah, uh, it's um, it was ran by that, and it's really cool because, again, we were kind of talking earlier about how I hate how children and teenagers are written on TV and movies these days, and I think the, the '80s kind of were the last era where like they wrote kid characters really well. It's like, they're still, it's still very modern. Like they're into modern things like video games and arcades and all the things that were going on in the Mm -hmm. eighties. But like, you could still like, you could interchange those characters with like characters that were in the fifties. Like, yeah. That like wanted to play baseball. Like, you know what I mean? It had that, it has that energy. And I Mm -hmm. wish that more kid characters these days had that energy. Cause it's like being a kid, even in the
1: 2020s is still like what it was 60
0: years ago. Well, just, I think, like, they just play
1: with different things you know yeah and I think the the thing about like being a child and this is me you know I was born in 1990 so I'm, I'm stupid I don't know but I think like back then like, it was easier to like see what a child was doing where it's like mm-hmm. you could like see a kid like playing with his friends see a kid the baseball field see a kid do that and, like you can kind of like fill in the blanks and like build a character off of that now whereas like if you were to create a kid character from 24 2005 to now, whatever. There's so much that's happening like on a phone, on a computer in these places where you can't observe it. But I think it's really lazy writing
0: though. I think it's just like, uh, like adults not being curious about children anymore in a, in a Mm -hmm. real way. It's like, all the jokes or all the kid characters in TV and movies now are like the joke is that they're on their computer all the time or they are yeah. like just like chatting with their friends, but it's like they still have drama, they still like do things, they still have relationships, You're they're still, still relationships. out doing drugs and drinking and shit. Yeah. Like that's never gonna change, yeah. They like got no. so it's just like I just think it's boring, I just think people mm-hmm. are being lazy about it. It's like at least that's why I think I liked this movie so much, and why I like '80s movies about kids in general. It's like you got a sense that like the people writing the movies were like, "Oh man, like their arcade was our baseball," and like you get like mm. they're, them doing the walkie talkies is like us playing soldiers, like you know. Yeah. And I, I feel like a sense of like they have a connection with these kids, so they're written really well. Uh-huh. Um, but nowadays, I feel like people just don't. We all became the cynical assholes that are playing, like, the supporting characters in these movies. You know, we're all, like, that asshole (laughs) that Elizabeth Perkins is dating.
1: We all became David Moscow.
0: Yeah, it's just, like, a shame, you know? I just feel like, yeah, uh, there's no curiosity anymore. It's, like, kids might live their lives, like, online more, for sure, nowadays. But they still go out and do things and talk to people and hang out with friends. Like, I don't know. Like, I, I mean, I would assume I don't have children, but... I yeah. see them and they still run around like little monsters little, and little shits. Little shits. So they got personalities outside of being, you know, on on TikTok. the on their
1: damn phone, <laughs> on the damn phone. <laughs> but you're right. But I do
0: agree. It's because so much has changed. Yeah. The jump from 50s to the 80s, in retrospect, doesn't feel that mm-hmm. big of a difference. But to, from the 80s to now, it's like the landscape of being a child has changed so much. Even like now, like I'm like I can't imagine living in the world they live in now. Like yeah. I can't imagine having like Twitter and Instagram and Facebook, like
1: when I'm eight years old, you know? So it's so wild. It is anyway. Uh, so yeah. Yeah. Straight people. They love this <laughs> movie. People. They love that shit. Uh, I mean, I, I think the other two things are pretty much related to that. I just put goddamn man, child, just cause I wanted to reference. Goddamn
0: man, man, child,
1: child. I sing it like Atlantis.
0: Um yeah, uh, we, it's been a while since we've had a man child movie. This one is the yeah. purest man child movie compared to like say mm-hmm. our uh, Pineapple Expresses that we've done in the past, but yeah, I mean, I think street people like always love watching like a a, a man be act like a, a little kid. Um,
1: yeah.
0: It's charming when they do it. Not charming, charming when a woman does it, I guess. I, I don't think. <laughs> well, I mean, Freaky Friday Jimmy Lee Curtis.
1: Oh. Cut that out. Um Oh yeah. Cut that out. But yeah, well, there you have it. Um, there you go. I mean, I did actually change the movie, but we can discuss that. Oh yeah, later. yeah. I mean, like, I feel like Freaky
0: Friday, like you know, might be the only movie I could think of where like a, a woman plays a child and is like mm-hmm. hilarious and perfect and amazing and should have a nominee for an Oscar. Where was her
1: Truly. Oscar nomination for that? Mm-hmm. I was listening to a podcast recently, and they were talking about like Jamie Lee Curtis was probably like seventh or eighth place in the Oscar voting for that year because she like, had to like, be. Disney like campaigned her. Yeah, she's so good in it. She's so good. She's so good. Yeah. Ugh. Anyway, we'll get to it later. But yeah, but yeah, uh, yeah.
0: Goddamn, man, child, for sure, for sure.
1: Earnestness, right. earnestness. Y'all love y'all's earnestness. Y'all love being earnest.
0: You love to think that, like, you know, the world is just filled with white straight people all needing to learn how to be children again yeah. in their hearts,
1: <laughs> and that and must then nothing that'll really ever happen to. Yeah. What is who is what is a Sims a, ostensibly like? A homeless man. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing bad what about the, what about the
0: fact that that fucking little kid is, like, bussing from New Jersey <laughs> to Manhattan every single day to go hang out with his friend for the whole afternoons? <laughs> he skipped school for, like,
1: a month.
0: Yeah. That's <laughs> the biggest difference, I think, between the, the childhood we had and, like, the childhood that people had before us. Because in so many movies and TV shows, I feel like cutting class is, like, a thing. And I'm, like... I don't think you could really cut class when I was a kid. I feel like they no. would find out and then call your yeah. parents and be like, where the fuck is your kid?
1: Yeah. They, first period, they'd be like, where is, they would call him Mr. and Mrs. Garcia. <laughs> there was no such thing as Mr. and Mrs. Garcy. Uh, <laughs> but eh, uh, they'd <laughs> be like, where's Dylan? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. They would find out. Wait, yeah. There are things on the periphery. Like, where is Tom Hanks' dad? What happened to him? Did I miss that? Did I? Follow he has a dad. Second? He
0: has a dad at the beginning.
1: Yeah. He's just never in the movie again. He's never in the movie yet. It's like the mom is the only one mourning their kidnapped ass of course. son.
0: It's just like <laughs> in Home Alone how like um, Miss uh, Miss Thing, Catherine O'Hara, is like mm-hmm. freaking out about Kevin. And the dad's like, oh, I'm sure he's lying. Because that's the <laughs> well, joke it's funny because about that. The you
1: know? dad in uh, Home Alone is John Hurd, the asshole guy who works. Oh, at, that's uh, right. Uh, please, that's that me. is him. Yeah, he's also, and I think I mentioned it before, but he's also in the Pelican Brief that I watched recently. And whenever Stanley Tucci impersonates him, he he's like, "Oh yeah, I weigh 180 pounds, and I'm losing it." And then Stanley Tucci impersonates him by putting like two pillows inside of his shirt, and I'm like, "All right, 180 pounds, 180 pounds, what like, the, pound fuck the fuck
0: yeah. movie? <laughs> like, Come I'm on, St- I think I'm 170."
1: <laughs> yeah, in uh in in the Pelican Brief, you would have been Brendan Fraser and the Whale. Uh, that is.
0: <laughs> oh, I'm
1: so not ready for
0: the discourse about the whale when that comes. Me out. neither. Oh I'm going my to mute god, it, mute that shit. Oh my god, I am not ready for that. I is god, Twitter be, is my Twitter gonna feel date with that one. Um, nope.
1: Why do gay uh, people like this? Yes. Yeah, speaking of the whale, <laughs> why do gay people like this? Elizabeth Perkins. Elizabeth Perkins. She's incredible in it. Yeah, she is. A, you know, a sex predator, unbeknownst to herself. Uh, but she's iconic. She smokes cigarettes. Um, she has wonderful
0: 80s hair in a bun. Yes.
1: So big. Just uh, so much hair.
0: She wears amazing outfits throughout the mm-hmm. film. She's, she's a good work- at her job. She's a working woman. She fucked her way to the top and then gets very upset when that guy is like, aren't I in a long line of people you fucked to get to the top? And she's like, how dare you bring up that one? I thought that mm-hmm. was very gay of her. She's like, all yes. the other
1: ones were okay for you to give me shit about, but that one, that was a low, low. <laughs> Uh, I mean, and she's iconic. I, I feel like she she's so deserving of someone to be. I say it all the time. I think she'd be great in Yorgos. Ooh, she would be good. They
0: need to take every '80s and '90s actress <sighs> that doesn't really like work as much anymore and just put them in Yorgos, like like what he did for Alicia.
1: Mm-hmm. Like, oh yeah, just give her a five minute cameo.
0: She would absolutely eat it. Remember, you know what the worst cameo comeback ever was remember oh. when everyone was like gagging over Winona Ryder being cast in Black Swan and then her scene <laughs> is like
1: that um, yeah it is
0: 15 seconds I literally gagged when I saw it in the theater I was like wait that's <laughs> it because like, people I remember online at the time were like oh my god Winona's gonna get nominated She's this is back. her comeback
1: performance and then it's just her going did you suck his cock <laughs> It's, tr- it's truly that, that scene in Spongebob where he's like, oh, I'm, on the, I'm in the commercial, and he points to the TV, and it's like, you see the top of Spongebob's head behind a window. <laughs> it was very that. Do you
0: think Winona watched that movie? I bet they cut scenes out with her oh. and she was just like, okay,
1: well, there you we have it. <laughs> She's like, I shouldn't have gotten into a fight with Darren that one day. Uh, I think Elizabeth Perkins is iconic in Weeds. She's she so is weeds. very
0: good in Weeds. I feel like I uh, want to see a movie with like Elizabeth Perkins, like Kathy Moriarty. Um, who else are great bitches from the eighties? Um, uh, maybe throw in Gene I mean, Smart. Throw in Gene Smart. Where's Gina Davis? Gina Davis. Put yes. put Gina Davis in there. Um, you know, get Goldie Hawn out of retirement. Mm-hmm. Um god, I love these women. God. Yeah, those are the women I grew movie. up with. These are the women like I want, you know, did you ever do this with your mom where you'd watch a movie and you'd be like that's my mom? Like I don't know why, like you just be like <laughs> that woman's like my mom. Yeah. Even if they maybe like weren't really like her, you would just like be like, yeah. Yeah. She's cool, <laughs> so she's like my mom cuz my mom's cool. Well, I, I think want. for me, like Elizabeth yeah. Perkins and like, those kinds of women like that we're talking about, like I always was like that's my mom.
1: You know be a fun Soderberghian-esque experiment. What? Is every year he remakes let Them All Talk, that movie with Meryl, and... Uh, I don't
0: think I'm familiar with this.
1: Uh, fuck, what's it? Murphy Brown and Diane Weist, and they're on a cruise ship. He just remakes it every year and just gets four new character actresses.
0: Oh, that's so cool. I and didn't it's know just that. like, yeah, this
1: is Let Them All Talk Too. And it's the exact same movie, but it's just, yeah, Gina Davis, Kathy Moriarty. Yeah. Marsha Gay Harden. Oh, get Marsha and... in
0: there. Get, get Marsha in there. Yeah. Oh, you I it love,
1: love that. Oh, my God.
0: Yeah. Uh, just take One every woman that's been nominated for Best Supporting Actress in the 80s yes. that only that's worked get... in TV since then and mm-hmm. just put them all in that. Yeah. Janet McTeer.
1: Janet McTeer, like yeah.
0: Christine Lottie, um mm-hmm. literally so many like women that I would love to see like just get to like chew on something like
1: And every year there's a new one. And it's like, yeah, it's our new American horror story. I really
0: do think it's like it really, you know, if we want to talk about like how hard it is for women, it's like mm-hmm. It really does take like winning like two whole fucking Oscars to like solidify your career as like a character actress. Like it's like think about like Jessica Lange. Like it's like why can't everyone have Jessica Lange's career? I mean she's amazing. I love her, but like it's like but like it's like she won two Oscars. Like that's why she gets to have the career she has. You know?
1: Yeah, winning one Oscar doesn't guarantee you anything. Like look at fucking Halle Berry. Like she's still an iconic then, but it's like what was her last like? role that she was great in.
0: Yeah. It's like really like of that age group, it's like Sally Field also won two Oscars. Like, it's like, she gets mm-hmm. to work consistently.
1: Diane Weest,
0: Diane Weest, you know, and it's like, but then anybody, uh, cause I love so many actresses from that era and it's just like, where are they? I need to see mm-hmm. them more in things. Come like back. they all need their Jean Smart moment. Yes. HBO we- Max, don't, don't <laughs> buckle under, just create more shows to put these actresses in.
1: Give us a movie. We will, it will be front to back loaded
0: oh we're we're actresses. gonna make a magnolia of character actresses.
1: <laughs> like just done. twenty
0: character actresses
1: done. and it would be the greatest movie of all time. It would
0: literally be four hours, and every second would be perfection
1: every second they we we force them to smoke the entire time.
0: oh yeah, they all definitely they have to, have to smoke, and they all definitely need to have complicated relationships with their adult gay sons.
1: Oh yeah, <laughs> and we'll play all of them. <laughs> <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. Okay, cool. Um, I think it's just a small moment. <laughs> okay. But, oh, real quick, back to Elizabeth Perkins. Oh yeah, of course. Two seconds. She's in the ring too, as like a nurse or something, and that she's the person who injects herself with air so she dies. Oh my God. I didn't even, re- yeah.
0: I, I remember I saw the ring two theaters and it might be still one of the worst movies I've ever seen in my life. It's awful.
1: Elizabeth Perkins is incredible in it.
0: <laughs> it's really cool and that Sissy Spacek was in the first ring and Elizabeth Perkins was in the second one. I'm like obsessed <laughs> with that.
1: Uh, um, so there's a woman, so they're having a little dinner party and Tom Hanks goes to help uh, their son with That was such a cute moment. Homework. That's my favorite Such a movie. good moment. Yeah. And the mom comes in, sticks her head through the door and goes to Elizabeth Perkins, you're right. He's wonderful. I just
0: like can't do, like it's so funny how many scenes from this era are about like fathers being mean to their children and then like someone (laughs) just like talks to a child and they're like, wow.
1: He is wonderful. He's so great.
0: It's like, wow, were parents just really, well, you know what? I think I answered my own question because Mm -hmm. all those kids from the 80s, those were Gen Xers and look how they all turned out. Look what
1: happened to them. It's because their parents were all assholes. Yeah. (laughs) Yep. There you have it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and I think the office that they work in is gay as fuck. It was White, a very
0: gay office, like that. Like I, I saw, like around the elevator, there was like, I, did you notice like the weird like melted stone, pink stone yeah, coming was, out? We- that was There's wild. So many
1: columns.
0: Oh god, I love eighties aesthetics. It's like the weirdest so mixture good. between like tackiness, but it's like also very like artful. It's like. Yeah. Bizarre. Everyone just decided, like, minimalism, but make it, like, really ugly, like, gemstone colors. Like, it's
1: amazing. (laughs) It's maximalist minimalism, and it's incredible. It's really gorgeous.
0: Yeah, I love it. Uh, All
1: right, this is our gay recommendation section where we recommend something a little gayer than the movie that you just watched. And there's two. Yeah. I added one because I remembered it. We talked about it earlier, Freaky Friday. I mean, yeah. Specifically 2003's Freaky Friday. It's incredible. Yeah, I've never
0: seen the original, so...
1: I have. It's fine. I don't really remember because I was probably like eight whenever I saw it. Uh, incredible. Then the only thing I would dig against it is there's a scene where Jamie Lee Curtis, as as Lindsay Lohan is talking about music with Chad Michael Murray or whatever, and she goes, The white stripes, ugh, get a bassist And I've <gasps> always remembered that as like, How dare you <laughs>
0: I always think a lot about like Elliot Page and Juno saying that they hate um fucking Sonic Youth and it
1: pisses me <laughs> off to this day. Well, Elliot also fucking in Hard Candy is like, I fucking hate gold frap. I know, and it's like
0: <laughs> Lovely Head is a perfect song.
1: Yeah, how dare how you? How
0: dare you?
1: How do you hate Have gold? you not heard human? <laughs> Bitch. <laughs> It was, the early 2000s were really it to shit on alt music. and Yeah, I feel like alt music was big
0: and it was like always the underdog and somehow it made it to the mainstream. And then all like – like think about the scene in School of Rock where there's also a White Stripes joke in that. Mm-hmm. They're the, in, the, in the School of Rock, the little drummer boy says, yeah. oh, Meg White's the worst drummer ever because <sighs> they're talking about girl drummers. And I'm mm-hmm. just like – to me, the most – there's – I could probably come up with a list of the top five my biggest pet peeves of things that people say. One of them is definitely when people say
1: that Meg White is a bad drummer. She's the reason the band works. I
0: just think it's the most lazy, boring thing to say. Like, mm-hmm. period. Like, I just yeah. think it's boring. It's like, just, can you come up with something new? Like, it's just, like, yeah. boring. It's boring. It's boring. boring. It's
1: uninformed and boring. It's misogynistic. It's misogynistic. And also,
0: like, yeah, the whole band sound would
1: be nothing without her drumming. Mm-hmm. You see, listen to Jack Solo music. That's what it would sound like. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. yeah. We yeah. have examples have of what it sounds like definitely. without Meg. So yeah. <laughs> uh, but I think also like kind of like the biggest because Freaky Friday is a body swap movie, which this like kind of is, but it's more of like swapping places with himself. Thirteen going on thirty is the literal exact same thing because she is thirteen and then becomes thirty. Uh, it is the same exact thing. I never thought yeah. of that before. It's the same. <laughs> yeah, it's like literally
0: the same movie.
1: Yeah. It's the same movie except she's a girl. Yeah. And, and she doesn't fun.
0: have sex with Mark Ruffalo.
1: Uh, I don't remember it. I haven't, I don't remember. I haven't seen it since it came out whenever I was actually 13. Well, I feel like she did and it, now that I'm 30.
0: I feel like she did it.
1: We could look that up, but yeah. I don't want to.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Let's not. Let's let it be a mystery. But yeah, that's a that's a that's a cute movie. It's really funny because I thought nothing of it when I was a kid, and it mm-hmm. ended up having a lot of staying power. Yeah, um, that's a huge life. Like I feel like it has a bigger life than say like Miss Congeniality, which I think is like one of the most perfect yes. comedies ever made. Um, but like, but I feel like it's like Legally Blonde, like is like
1: the iconic one, and then like Thirteen Going on Thirty is
0: probably like right after that.
1: Mm-hmm. Isn't it awful to think about how thirteen were. As far removed from the movie 13 Going on 30 as the title is from itself. Well, yeah. Didn't the
0: little girl from the movie on her 30th birthday, like, do, like, a 13 Going on 30 thing? Yeah. I'm pretty sure I read about that. Like, the girl that yeah. played young Jennifer Garner, like, turned 30. Yeah. So, yeah. It's the worst. It's no, terrible. we're, like... Because that movie came out when we were 13. Yeah. It's awful. You know... <laughs> Being born in nineteen ninety kind of sucks because you could do easy math about your age like you know. I know that's a th- <laughs> it's like
1: it's like great in some ways, but it also sucks in other ways. <laughs> I always think about uh I don't know if she ever like did it in a special, but Sarah Silverman has this joke where she was like, yeah, parents always can tell time based on when their children was born, or it's like, oh, so." Whenever I went to, you know, the Philippines for vacation, that's whenever, you know, Tommy was five. So that was 2014 or whatever. She's like, I don't have any kids, so the only thing I can do is use is 911. <laughs> it's
0: so true, though. I mean, a big major event like that really does help with you, like, memory. Yeah. <laughs> You're yeah. like, was it pre—you know what we're going to do? This is what's really scary. What's we're going to do pre and post-pandemic. I oh, know. We're going to all- be like, well, oh. it was before the pandemic, so it was before 2020. Yep. Um, and we're going to do, and it was, well, I guess our lives are the pandemic now. So yeah, it's just going to be this pre and post when the pandemic started. Oh, the God. Isn't that scary? <laughs> I it's thought about that the other day and I felt like my stomach drop.
1: <laughs> it's like, well, this that's death, baby. It's freaky. It's freaky Friday.
0: It's freaky Friday. <laughs> <Except> <laughs> all right. Except it's Monday.
1: It's, it's Monday. It's Monday. I think you'll be hearing this on Wednesday. Wednesday. Yeah. Also, um, that's that's a good timeline. I want to reference it because I was when I was editing last week's podcast, we had talked about we record on Mondays mm-hmm. and on Tuesday that New York Times article about is Catholic the new church, or whatever, the new like club in New York. And I was like, We were on that a day before We've the- been talking about how people have been converting to Catholicism for like at least six months. Yeah, we've been talking about- we were here before the New York Times, okay? Yeah. So um just know that we were there first, that that whenever we talked about people converted to Catholicism, that was before the New York Times article. Don't you
0: get out. so annoyed when you read an essay, like, on a website that you're like, I came up with this idea, like, five years ago, why didn't I write yes,
1: this? Yes, I know. It's terrible. Like, when Pitchfork wrote about how indie
0: influenced the entire decade for rap and R&B music, I was like, mm. I've been saying that For, like, eight years now. I was, like, the XX and, like, Dirty Projectors have had, like, just as much of an influence on, like, R&B and hip-hop as, like, Frank Ocean The Weeknd did. And it's, like, Mm -hmm. crazy. And then they, like, wrote an article about it on Pitchfork. And I was, like, fuck! Who's in my DMs? Who's reading my notes app? And they literally said the same thing I did, which is, like, it all started with when Beyonce and Jay-Z went to go see Grizzly Bear. Mm -hmm. I was, like, that's when it started. Yep. That's when it started, like, the collide happened. (sighs)
1: Our brains are too big for this podcast. Damn, we need to be yeah. famous. We need to be famous, someone... but where
0: we have um, terrible
1: work ethic and mental health problems. <laughs> so. Someone
0: make us famous now, please. Thank you. Yeah, I want to be like Chloe Sevigny and just be like walking around the streets of New York, and someone's like, "You're cool. You get to be the it girl." And I know, and be weirdly, weirdly like, and on... be weirdly not good at acting, but like good at acting.
1: Could I be nominated for an Oscar anyway? That's my favorite thing
0: about Chloe Sevigny is she's kind of not good at acting, but she's just, like, so weirdly charming that, like, she kind of just does the same thing in every performance, and it just works. Yeah. It's bizarre. Best job. Dream job. I love it. I love her. I love her. I love you, Chloe. I, like, watched, like, one episode of The Girl from Plainville, and I'm just like, ugh. I love that she just does roles where she's like, can I wear, like, a tourist sweatshirt and, like, ugly skirts and, like, make my hair look bad? Like, she just always (laughs) wants to play, like— not hot, cool, interesting. Like, that's what's cool about her, though. She thinks those kinds of people are very interesting, and she wants to play them. And I'm like, you mm-hmm. know what, Chloe? You fucking you rule. Go, girl. Yeah, she rules. Like, I that outfit. Her. I think about her look in Zodiac, like, once a week. <laughs> you think about her wig? I think about that gla- those glasses and that wig from Zodiac. Like, I'm like, she must have come up with that. Oh, that, yeah, that was from her private collection. She literally was like, no, 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 no. It's the- you said it was the-, the 60s? You said it was the 70s?
1: Mm. I got it. Don't worry. Yeah, I,
0: I'll do my own makeup and hair. Yeah. Got
1: it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the costume department, y'all can have the day off. Don't worry. Yeah, go to, go to Pinkberry. Yeah, it's just like uh, I watched
0: Feud Betty and Joan, and I didn't know that Betty Davis came up with her own makeup for whatever happened to Baby Jane.
1: <laughs> Isn't that fucking like, iconic? It's like white face and Yeah, like and then the little,
0: the little like heart thing.
1: Genius. Betty Davis... Is a, the coolest person ever? Dude, visit. you
0: should watch Feud, Betty and Joan. I um, I, I like wanted to watch it when it came out, and it was like never on anything. And then it's now streaming on Hulu. Okay. And honestly, I think it's my favorite thing that Ryan Murphy's ever done. Okay. It's a, yeah, I a love lot it. I love Baby Jane. It's All a right. lot of fun, and it's actually pretty poignant too. Okay. And Susan Sarandon kills it as Betty Davis. Hell yeah. Yeah. Watch yes. it. Yes. Yes. Watch it. I will. Yeah. Thank you. Stanley Tucci in after it.
1: Stanley Tucci's in it as Jack Warner.
0: Like, what else Perfect. do I have to say?
1: And who plays uh the, the bear? The is it Victor Bruno? Is that his name? Oh,
0: um, oh, the actor they got to play him looks so much like him. Um, I don't know, I don't think he's like a big actor or anything. Oh, and Kieran Shipka plays Betty Davis' daughter. Yes. <laughs> Um, it's so good. Let's see. Oh, Catherine Zeta-Jones plays Olivia De Havilland. I mean, yes. what more do you fucking want? Yes. Um, who played him? It was um, where the fuck is he?
1: Well, we'll never know. Well, uh, Oh, Hoffman, Dominic thought... Burgess. Dominic Burgess. Never heard of him.
0: He's in Doctor Who. It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. He's English oh um but yeah yeah it was really really fun um and sad um okay i feel like because of mommy dearest like joan crawford's like legacy is what what it's become in the gay world but i feel like feud did a really good job of being like she was pretty like she's a fucking high camp and petty as hell but also she's like a very complicated person and it's like She's so fascinating. I'm like now kind of obsessed with Joan Crawford after watching the show. Hell yeah! Life was so interesting.
1: You should talk to uh, past and future guest Kyle Amato.
0: Oh, is, is he, he like a big Joan Crawford fan?
1: Big Joan Crawford fan. Yeah, I want to like rewatch Mildred
0: Pierce and like her other movies now because I feel like now that I know more about like her life, I'm like it makes her so much more fascinating
1: to me as an actor. And I just found out that Dominic Burgess was in an episode of The Left or two episodes of The Leftovers. So now I have to go rewatch The Leftovers. There you go. The greatest show of the past of all time.
0: I need to watch that show. I it's, remember it's, that there was a needle drop of Sweet Love for Planet Earth by Fuck Buttons in the pilot, I think. Yeah. And yeah. I was like, that was pretty cool
1: needle drop. It has a great needle drop of Renegade by... James Blake. I thought you were going to say Don Richard, but that's okay. By Don Richard. Oh, God, <laughs> God, I wish. God, I wish. God. That's song is so good. God, <laughs> oh, it's so good. Uh, I'm I about wish. to go
0: see her. I'm going to see her in a couple weeks at the Saint No Picnic in LA. Oh, I
1: am so jealous of you. I'm, see her in
0: Spelling, and yeah, it's going to be great.
1: Yeah, we're, we're seeing Spelling in October at Mohawk. I'm I didn't very realize excited. that Spelling now is like doing a
0: full band. Because yeah. when she first dropped the turning wheel, all of her live performances. Um, were very like stripped down, which I thought was cool. Mm. I was like, I'm excited to see her, period. But I didn't realize that she's now doing everything with a full band and she has like backup singers and stuff. And it's yeah, like,
1: her pitchfork set was incredible. I, yeah, I watched the boys at
0: school um, and mm. I was like, I am
1: so excited to see this show now. I'm yeah, gonna be it's gagging. Little, it's gonna be incredible. Ugh. Ugh, so oh. jealous. Ugh. <sighs> okay. All right, let's wrap this shit up. Wow, this is gonna be a long one. We've been really short be recently
0: and I feel like this is gonna be a longer episode. Because we got a, we got a lot to say about big. I'll say about
1: big. All right. My name is Dylan Garcia. You can follow me on Twitter at Dylan Garcia, on Instagram at Garceed, and Letterboxd at also Garceed.
0: And my name is Kirk Van Sickle, and you can find me on Instagram at Kirk underscore Van Sickle, and on Twitter and Letterboxd at K R K V N S C K L E, and also follow us on our socials, our podcast socials, Straight People Movies, S T R 8 P P L Movies. Keep listening, keep liking, rate us if you feel so
1: inclined.
0: That'd be Um, lovely. And we and we and we love you guys.
1: We love you. Mm. Bye. Big, big. And out came talk, talk, talk.